right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And fired up for today's podcast, my friend. This is like like number 94 or 5, bro. We're killing it. Oh, man. Time <laughs> is flying and we've been having fun. hope you guys have been having just as much fun as we have. Now, today is huge, uh, I think, for both of us. Huge fans yeah. of, of the topic. Man, we got a, an inside guy here that's been living the dream for I don't know how many years now. And maybe I just let the cat out of the bag, man. We are talking about Copo Camaro. Yeah. I'm talking drag racing, talking sub nine seconds, mega power, factory horsepower. Uh, with, sounds like a little bit of room to, to do your own little tweaks and uh, you know keep edging the performance over the next guy. But we're going to get all the inside scoop on what it means to be uh, in that Copo world, man. This is awesome. Yeah, the old ZL1 Copo Camaro's legendary. You see him roll across auction floors and people chat about him and talk about him. They're like, oh my God, it's a real Copo Camaro. It's a real Copo Camaro. I actually had the opportunity to buy a true 427 Copo deal. No um, way. Yeah, man, just uh, a couple months ago. Well, I mean, I think everybody that's been to an auction has had the chance to buy one, but whether you had the coin. Yeah, in your yeah, pocket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, it wasn't a bad price, but you know, I got kids now, man. I gotta think. Uh, I gotta think bigger, better. So I didn't bite on it, but I, I was damn close. You know, I have a '67 Camaro RS. You know, and it's, it's like every guy that's got a first gen Camaro. You wanna, you know, you wanna doll it up, dress it up, and pretend it's a real Copo Camaro. Because back in the day, man, those were those were the jam. That car was unreal. Oh yeah, I mean, for anybody that's not familiar with Copo, which which you should be. Right. Yeah. If you're going to check that. your car guy box, <laughs> right? Uh, it was kind of this workaround, right? Uh, dealerships wanted, you know, bigger engines. They wanted more performance than the, than GM was actually offering at the time. So they figured out, I think it was what, Don Yanko figured out that he could kind of skirt around yeah. and use this 
Copo. Central Office Production Order. Yeah. <laughs> so the special yeah. order for, I don't know if it was for fleets or for whatever, but a uh, special ordering system. And the next thing you know, voila, these 427s were showing up. I think where they started with cast iron in the beginning, and then they, they worked their way into the, the aluminum versions of the 427. And, man, just a few, I think a few dealers kind of figured this out before they kind of shut that door. But, man, did it create a legend. Yeah, it's funny when you when you talk Copo between, you know, the Camaro and there was a few other offerings. It was just a legendary, you know, platform for Chevrolet and one that always commands attention, money, uh, respect. It's just one of those rare type cars that you'll see in and around and, and people discuss and talk. But now, you know, for the first gen offerings to to now the new cars, because the new power is outrageous. Like those old cars, the first year Camaros were something cool. Like I got a 427 in my 67. It rocks. It's a four-speed with 12-bolt. That's right. I got a man pedal in that bitch, and it's a blast. I can take off in third gear all day, every day, as the kids say. Uh, but I'm telling you, nothing beats the power of modern muscle. Nothing comes close. These cars are outrageous, the amount of power they're making, the way these things not only come off a hit, but these things build power across the entire RPM range, the, the RPMs they're winging, how the car sounds, feels, and it's still just, I mean, giving you everything you could, you know, you could force through it. I mean, it's a badass offering, and uh, I love it. I love these new modern horsepower wars that are going on right now, and Kofo stands proud. Well, imagine you can just go to your dealer and order a car from your dealership, turnkey, doing wheel stance. Yeah. Right? And shredding sub nine second runs in the quarter mile, dude. Who who would have guessed that? You know, a number of years ago. Especially think about sitting in the eighties, nineties, you know, and someone said, dude, uh, just just a little bit down the road, we're gonna order cars to do sub sub nines. Yeah. From the dealer. And yeah. the fastest thing in nineteen eighty seven could couldn't pull a greasy string out of a cat's butt. That's Took right. out like a herd of hey, turtles. Hey, don't <laughs> knock our family K car. I mean, that thing was rocking back in the day. I was talking about the Monte Carlo SS, <laughs> bro. <laughs> uh, so uh, the modern muscle has really transformed and, and created a whole new battle, a whole new war for, you know, who's king and who's getting the titles and between what Ford has to offer, what Mopar is bringing to the table, what Chevy is stepping up to the plate with. It is really a war out there, man, in the staging lanes. There is a battle royale going down. It's like Monday Night Raw, but it happens on weekends. Like, it's amazing to see what some of these car companies and manufacturers are just doing. So let's take a break, and we'll get the man behind Copo. I mean, behind it. He's driving one right now. He's behind the wheel. He's at the staging light. I'm surprised we don't catch him during a qualifying round. So hang on, man. We'll be right back on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
It's Two Guys Grind Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today. It's about modern mother trucking horsepower. I'm talking big numbers, ETs that make any man smile. Uh, and this is where it's all at, man. You got to look at the big three. Kevin, you know this, working where you do. Uh, this is one of the battles that rages on even today with all the, you know, all the rules and regs and, you know, Zev and Lev rules and emission compliant, this and that. There's always a performance aspect uh, when it comes to the big three. There's always like the guys like Rich, they're sitting there going, hey, hey, fellas, yeah, it's cool, man. That car over there gets 58 miles a gallon in the city. That's great. What about this one right here that runs 890s, bitches? 890s. You know, it's like. Yeah, you know where people are hanging out. Not that one over there, the one right here. Right. Doing the burnout, doing the wheel yeah. spin. Yeah, man. Yeah. The one that's making all the right noises. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how, how is it how is it that, you know, years ago you got teamed up with it and man, I got I gotta ask just from a driver, I got a race car, man. I, I, I love pushing it down, you know, down my local drag strip here in Denver and you know, surrounding drag strips. I, there's nothing like racing to me, man. It's for me anyway, it's just one of those you never know what you're gonna get. You're out there banging gears and it's man machine, you and uh, and it requires an immense amount of focus. How is it driving that piece of machinery? Because I'm watching, and I'm like, damn, that's awesome. So I, I truly enjoy the testing aspect of it. Um, fortunately, we have the ability to do a lot of that, uh, weather permitting. Uh, there has been a number of occasions where we've gone down to Florida, down to Charlotte to continue to do testing. And then obviously, once you get it all right, you get to go to the track with a lot of confidence. And, uh, no better way to have confidence to be dealing with the new Cobo Camaros, whether it be the Gen 5 or the Gen 6. So we have a platform where the engines, slightly modified in some cases and heavily modified in others, is a far better platform than we ever, ever had in the past. And as you guys both know, in the aftermarket today, you still have some uh, very high level quality parts, some a little bit less, more affordable. But back in the day, uh, they were lucky to produce any part, even at a production level, OEM, the same. So the standards, the procedures, the materials, Kevin, you know, with your background in engines, uh, had the ability to get uh, blocks built to a standard way better than most racing components were even built back in the day. So we, we got the best of the best to work with, and it's awesome. Uh, it gives you a lot of confidence going out there. Uh, knowing that you have a package that's not going to let you down. And it's not that often that you'll see a Coco having problems. Yeah, that's a fact, man. And, and you know, just the supply chain of of parts that it requires to, you know, I, I always tell people racing is, you know, the constant search for the weakest link. And especially when it comes to what you're doing, you're leaning on these things really hard. Um, it must be confidence uh sort of building when when you have you know another set of heads in the truck or trailer or another block in there when you go all right well you know i wasn't going to push it to whatever pounds of boost to this to have the other but go ahead and turn that son of a up let's go you know the craziest thing is that the parts that we carry today as spares didn't even exist back in the day a map sensor a right. Temp sensor. right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah the extra parts that we expect to give you an issue, uh, 
you'd be a rocket scientist back in 1969 talking yeah. about this stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing when you talk about the durability to run that hard, that fast, over and over again. I mean, that's there's huge props to the General back there, right? The General Motors uh, engineering to be able to, you know, again, from the factory, deliver pretty much a turnkey vehicle laying down these numbers, right? And then you guys could probably put your little sauce on top, right? Well, it depends on what class you're running. And I, my hat's off to Russell Blemis and Roger Allen and the team back, uh, you know, at, at General Motors and the COCO program. Uh, both guys have uh, a great deal of experience, not only hands-on, but in all levels of racing. And I think they clearly understood that they had to provide a competitive package uh, out of the box uh, that was not only competitive, it was durable. And so imagine going from a LS-based drivetrain that typically is not much more than 430 horsepower naturally aspirated and maybe as much as close to 600 and some change, uh, you know, supercharged that now they have cars that they're delivering to customers naturally aspirated in the air of 725 to 750 and close to 1200 horsepower at delivery. So a customer can literally, <laughs> you know, you can literally pick up your car, put gas in it, scrub the tires, do a nice burnout if you have experience doing that and take the car down the track and it'll be a NHRA competitive run right out of the gate. Oh, and if you so choose to do it for the next close to 150 runs, you'll get the same result. That didn't happen years ago. No. Oh, and by the way, uh, any component or part you may have a problem with, you go straight to Chevrolet Performance or Copa Parts Direct, and you've, you've got it. You've got anything you need. So most customers really, and guys like me, if you're running stock eliminator, you're only really going through tires, gas, and oil. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, oh, oh, and money. Right. Because <laughs> you got to get place. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, and, and you take a look at the guys that are in the field that you're running with, especially in Stock Eliminator, you'll see cars from the mid-60s all the way up to, as you guys know, the whole muscle car thing got real soft in the late 80s and 90s, you know, really. Yeah, dude. And, and so you see these guys out there run 69 Camaros and, and uh, big block, you know, Chevys and, you know, the, 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 the Hemi cars and whatnot. And these poor guys are sitting there, they're going home, they smell like gas, they're, they're, uh, their friends and relatives and wives and whoever don't want to be around them because their fingernails are always dirty and they're, you know, they look like they've been working on the garage all, you know, weekend. And then here we are on our laptops, dialing a few <laughs> new tunes and setting the car up for the track. So it's, it's like, I mean, a massive difference. So those guys are looking at what we're doing and you're seeing more and more LS swaps going on than ever before. And I've been a part of a number of those that have worked out very well. But when you look at the affordability and the life expectancy of a car like the Copo, um, wow, how much more fun can you have for such a long Wow, I know, man. And, and, you know, like I said, I love testing. I, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of runs testing and uh, and then the track is a blast too and once you get to know all the NHR officials whether you do it through being pulled through tech or you just naturally get a chance to, to interact with them uh, going to the tech barn is uh, uh, raise your heart rate a little bit right right uh, that's always my favorite <laughs> interaction with the tech officials if, if you're legal 
which you should be, um, everything goes great. It's a good experience. And if you're not, you're going to have a rough day. Yeah, so fact. They still, they still make sure that uh, when you look at all the classes, um, it's very nicely matched, even though you got a guy that comes out with a 70 Corvette or a, or a Nova or a Camaro or a Charger, Challenger. They all feel like they still have a shot at it. Um, but you know, the, the, the Copo experience is one that's, uh, it's unbeatable. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a blast. They're real smooth, real nice driving, driving cars. You mentioned about the power and obviously, you know, the, the, the drivetrain of that car is unbelievable. And probably for you, it's got to be, you know, just one of those experiences, nothing but smiles when it, you know, hits like it's supposed to. Well, what about the rest of the, ancillary setup on the car the suspension how's the car feel the aero package how is all that you know translate into your ets and your runs what's that about with that car so so i can go back to back in 2012 when we started running them i started out with a 396 stick car running g-force trans and um and the copo came out it was like wow can this car get in the nines out of the gate and the car as delivered would easily go straight to the to the 960s, 970s. And with a little help, they were doing 940s, and everybody's blown away. And when you look at the classes that the cars they were running against, it was like, holy mackerel, these things are significantly better than the old cars. Then things progressed, and now you got typical 427 cars that are doing in the FSC class, 930s all day long. And, and, and doing well. And there's a fair amount of them out there. What's interesting to me, because I always like to do what no one else did. Like I did the 396 when everyone else was doing blower cars and 427s. I said, oh, I'm going 396 stick. So I had great success. I had, I think I got seven U.S. national records with uh, uh, actually five, I think, with that package and a couple more with the 427 stick. So I had a, fun, a lot of fun with that. But when I think back, from 2012 to where we are today, we now have gone from the LS platform to an offering to do the LT, and LT is the direct injected. So yeah, here in the year before, I spent a lot of time working with my 302, and now I've got a 327 DI-based but port fuel injection motor running with the 427s. So, wow, 2012, 2020, uh, you know, I'm, I'm buzzing 10,200 RPMs and having a ball doing it. So it just goes to show you just inside 10 years, you know, with, you know, even, even how much has changed since then, but still the product that General Motors provides to the customer out of the gate is, uh, it's amazing. I mean, you get, and there's no key, but a button, All right. uh, the breeze. So how many other uh, driver owners are out now that you've had all these years uh, and you still see most of them or do they drop off? Or I see at national events upwards to 35 to 40 entries and consistently 60% of those guys are guys that, that are always doing it or they come from longer distance from like the East Coast, West Coast uh, deal. Um, uh, you see typically at regional events, you'll see at least 25 to 30 if things are well, but definitely 20 on a regular basis. And the camaraderie is fantastic. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what's that community like? Do you guys all kind of huddle together and, and, you know, shoot dirty looks over at the Hemis and the 
Cobra Jets and <laughs> we get the dirty licks our way. Uh, but you know, <laughs> the there there's no question that if someone's got an issue, there's always somebody there to to give them whatever they need, and they'll take the part right off their car if they're not running. Uh, I had situations where I was in the staging lanes, and my competitor came up. It was Sam Tech, and they knew they had a tough run with me, and I knew I had them, but. Uh, they couldn't start their car and they said, Oh, we're six cars away from pulling in. I said, go on my trailer. There's a fresh set of batteries, get your golf cart down there and go get them right now. And we're running. So yeah. Yeah. As a competitor, that's what you, you want to beat yeah. them fair and square, man. I'm like that too. I'm like, take your time, get your car ready. I'm going to drag your ass when you get, when you get it out there. I was at the NMCA nationals three, three and a half, four weeks ago in the in naturally aspirated shootout. And my competitor, Clarence Harding, can run with the best and he and I were kind of going back and forth all day long. And, uh, we had a few side bets during, during the day on what, what the numbers were. He says, Oh, you're sandbag. And I says, and you're not. And then <laughs> <laughs> and so every time we both step it up and then lo and behold, and the, the, the semifinal, he comes walking up and he says, I guess you want me. He hands me a rocker that's broke out of his motor. And I'm like, I'll go find you a rocker. I went, I searched everywhere trying to find him one, but he, he, he had a product that, that, that we couldn't help him with. And I said, well, I'll pull one of mine off. So we're even. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so run. Oh, That's he cool, ran out man. of sand. He ran out of sand, man. And you took that one. So right. Rich, hang on. We, we have to take a break real fast, but as a Copo Camaro guy, I, I do have a question. I want you to think about while we're on break and you can answer it when we get back. Um, my question for you, as you know, a Chevy guy, as a Copo Camaro guy, just kind of two parts. Number one, have you driven a new Corvette? And number two, what's your opinion on them if you have driven it and what's your overall thought on it? So let's take a break. I want to get from a Copo Camaro drag race guy. What's his thoughts on the new Corvette? Because Normally, I would I would reserve the Corvettes for the satin jacket, you know, guys and lawn chairs. But this new Corvette is a little different. So we'll talk about it after the break. It's the Two Guys Ride podcast, Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Ride podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are fired up. We have our boy Rich Rinky on from... You know, Copo Camaro, he's been one of those guys that not only gets to drive one, but man, you hear all the times he's tested, gone wheels up in him, uh, gets the bank gears in him. Like this is, man, this is your car. You got to feel real comfortable in the saddle of a Copo Camaro, man. How many passes you got on yours? Ooh, how many passes on me or how, I mean, I've had a number of- on, on your on your Copo Camaro. Well, I've had a number of Copos. So the one I've had the longest, which is probably the, the 2000, 13 396 stick car in a number of different forms. I would say we lost count around 4,000 hits. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Man, that is a lot, a lot of passes. It's at every gear ratio combination, every transmission combo, and outside of blower motor, every engine Ooh. combination. <laughs> Man. Well, it, it, it says a lot that he's had that many passes, that many hits, and he just keeps coming back for more. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and that's hard. So we've got we've got a, a a a 302 stock and a super stocker that we run. We've got a 327 super stocker and a 427 as well. So my problem was when I started jumping around from 
auto cars to stick cars, I really mess myself up because you really, as you know, when you go to the line, you want to hit the muscle memory. So it was kind of impressive running two cars for a while, but in all honesty, either do two auto cars, but doing a stick auto. And it, it, yeah, I did great. But eventually it catches up to you. Oh my God! Pit me in the ass one time. I I have two. I had two race cars, and the shifters were different. One was pull back through the gears. The other one was push up through the gears. Yeah, it got me the worst possible time. So I know that muscle memory. You're just like, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's uncomfortable. So I, I gotta ask, as a Camaro guy, what's your daily driver? You gotta have one of these in the garage, at least I hope so. So I had, I had, a, I, had I got one of the first Corvettes when they came out. The uh, it was an all black uh, Z51 package car, and I drove that uh, for a while, as long as the weather's good. Because where we live, uh, heaven knows, we don't always have weather that you want to drive a car with summer tires on it. And then uh, my daily driver is kind of a riot. In all honesty, uh, I have a 6.2 Denali uh, pickup, and that thing rocks. I mean, that motor just, it's fun, it's got a 10 speed, uh, you know, I got to drive a truck for a number of reasons. I'm always running around doing something. Right, right. But uh, the new Corvette uh, is uh, something yeah, we've man. talked about in the past. Which, what's your thoughts on that? Which, have you driven one yet? Have you driven a, a C8? A, a great friend of mine and uh, a guy who's deeply involved with the Corvette program, Tom Peters, um, uh, pretty much taught me everything I need to know about the car. And I kind of drooled for like – I heard one last year and then uh, COVID took place, but I had a chance to drive one, uh, two of them and uh, extremely impressed. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing I could say is that um, the ride quality, you would never ever expect a sports car could be that good. The dampening and the steering inputs did not make you feel like you were in a, a track car, but they also did not make you feel like you were in a softer suspension type. Soft car. Yeah. And the, and the ability to change it, uh, you know, was pretty cool too. The, the environment inside the vehicle was better than ever. I mean, you guys know kind of the cars, not so great, but they have really gone uh, to the nth degree to make sure that the driver experience is fantastic. Uh, I was in a convertible too. And, uh, that car, uh, which you would expect to have a lot of road noise issues, did not have it. Yeah, I'm um, dying to get in uh, one. Willie's Willie's gotten seat time here recently, and yeah, I I tell you, man, I, I was so thoroughly impressed with that car. Um, I couldn't believe how that thing handled, felt. Uh, just a you know, and the one I drove was just a Stingray. It's not you know, it's nothing fancy. You know, it's not any of the. I haven't seen the Z06 numbers or you know some of the big you know other offerings. But I couldn't believe how fast that car in sport mode, um, you know, when you could pin the throttle and, and it would, you know, almost like a trans brake and you let it rip, you know, and it takes off at 2,500 or 3,000 RPM. Just You oh. do. You feel very comfortable and very safe in the car. I got yeah. a question for you guys. Something I continually ran across with my own uh, experience with the new Corvette is that every time I seen a different color on it, it was like I was looking at a different car. It was like the, the, the different colors on that car play with you so much. I mean, a black car versus a white car, the orange car versus the blue car, the silver car. It's like every time you look at one in a different color, it's like, wow, they're, they are not boring by any stretch. And, and no. 
and uh, my wife and I've talked about it. It's like, wow, look at how much different white looks than black. And then traditionally, I like black cars. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And I got to fight myself not to get black every time I step into something new. But it's amazing uh, if you've ever, you know, like building hot rods, one of the toughest things is picking out your final paint color. And you can go look at a, a color on a car and go, oh, that would look pretty good. And you see that same exact color on a different car and you're like, no, that car, that color isn't good. And it's the same damn paint, same color. And it's amazing the, the shapes of a, of a vehicle and how the sun hits it, how it flops the paint, et cetera, can totally change it. And I think like you're saying, it, just the body lines, right? The shape of that car, uh, you throw different colors on it and it's just kind of giving you a different read. Every year I can't help myself to change the graphics on my car. Haven't you seen a few pictures of them? It's like, it's like the first race of the year, it's like, I won't tell anybody and I'll show up and they're like, wow, that's different. You know, the first car was not that good looking, I'll be honest with you. But, but now I have a lot of fun with it. And, and the guys like uh, Jason Bliss from GM and Tom Peters, uh, they always give me a little of their input. In fact, uh, I, I was talking to my good friend, Larry Erickson. You probably heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. I know Larry. Larry goes, you know, Rich, the graphics look really good, but, uh, maybe just a little bigger. <laughs> so that's the cool thing about this stuff is like, we're a bunch of overgrown Hot Wheels lovers, you know? Yeah. I remember when they first released that car at SEMA, they had it on a Hot Wheels track. Remember that when they first uh, released the, the, the Copo Camaro? Oh yeah. They had fake Hot Wheels tracks like we had when we were kids. And going down, there, I was like, "Oh man, that was that was something badass and really cool." I, honest to God, I had a guy who 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 called me and said, "Hey, I really want a Copo. I, I want this Copo." And I went to his dealership, and he had a '63 split window Corvette, and it was all under dust. And I and I like eyeballed it. I didn't say anything. I went and looked at his customer's Copo, tried to help him out with a few issues. And when I left there, I said, "Hey, what's the deal with the '63?" And he goes. Oh, I took it on trade 18 years ago, and lo and behold, it was one of the good ones. So then I said, uh, I'd really like to have that car. He calls me up one night. He goes, well, this is what I want. I said, well, this is what I need. He goes, you know what? We're like a couple kids trading, trading our Hot Wheels. You want mine. I want yours. Fine. Let's just do it. Oh. So, oh, wow. You have that car? Was, yeah. Oh. So you traded a Copo for a split window? That's a little difference in money. <laughs> yeah but wow that's awesome it was a uh, it was cool i mean both cars are uh, amazing i mean i'd put either one of them in my barn all day 63 split window four speed uh solid lifter cam car uh uh very low miles fifty-two thousand miles uh 99 original damn good score all right now let me ask you because you've been in so many different copos and I'm sure there's a few guys out there listening and thinking, man, I might be into this gig. You know, what, what, is it, what does it take to get into one of these things? Which one should I get? Uh, what, what kind of feedback would you give, you know, somebody thinking about getting into this program? So if you're already a racer, um, you go in the class that you're most comfortable with. And most guys run in stock eliminator or super stock. Uh, that being said, uh, people naturally gravitate to the 427 which is super cool because the 427 is a bad, fast car right out, of the, right out of the gate. And you can take that car and be competitive uh, with, with no changes to the car whatsoever. Um, and you can race it with confidence. You're not going to put really any money into it. 
Then there is the, the supercharged car, which you could run in super stock as well, or you can go factory showdown. So if you're a guy that's got to go like faster, faster, uh, you're the blower guy car. But I tell you, a lot of these car, a lot of these cars, as I know it, are bought by collectors. And guess what? The collector goes in, he looks at that car for like three or four months, and he gets the itch. And guess who's the new racer? The collector who never thought he'd be out there on the track doing it. But I would recommend starting out with a 302 or a 427. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a, a it's a, it's an easy uh, thing to do. You get a hold of Chevrolet Performance. Uh, you get a hold of uh, Copa Parts Direct. Either one of those two entities uh, can guide you through the purchasing process to get a Copa. Um, pretty straightforward. You look at the uh, the list of options that are available through Chevrolet Performance. You pick your color. I think this year is the Heritage packages, which is all the the the, the different colors that were available in 1969: uh, Hunger Orange, Azura Blue, uh, Olympic Gold. And uh, the cool thing now is you can get them with or without graphics. So if you're not a graphic guy. Or if you are a graphic guy, but you want to compete with Rich Rinky's graphics. So be it. Right. Either way, you know. Make them bigger. Make so, them bigger. So the thing is, is uh, <laughs> how easy can it be? You call up your local Chevrolet dealer. You, you tell them about this uh, opportunity you have. Uh, one of very few people, you know, very few people get a chance to do this. There was a lottery system for a number of years. And uh, with the advent of, 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 of uh, the uh, dreaded COVID thing, uh, it really put a damper on racing this year and people kind of hid in their garages and started working on their old cars and kind of didn't stay in contact with the racing world. And uh, GM has continued to provide those cars and made it easy for people to get their hands on one, which is really, really cool. Um, yeah, so what you're telling me is this is the time to get a Nacopo. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one, the car is as is, is, is good as it's ever been. And the process to get one is as simple as it can, can be. And uh, within a very short amount of time, you could actually take delivery of, of, of one. And uh, How much? How much? 427? I think a 427 base price is about 117. And, okay. And then yeah. the, the blower cars go up from there, you know. We think of that level of performance, how much engineering time, right? How much it takes to build something like that, all the man hours. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good steal. So the fact that General Motors has their racing division making these awesome motors for these cars, uh, that they, you know, Chevrolet is embedded in racing from day one, okay? Look at guys like Mark Royce, who's, who's, who loves cars, he's a car enthusiast. And, and he appreciates this stuff. I think uh, back when I was working at ASC, uh, we crossed paths on the GNX program. So, you know, I think about projects like the new Bronco, for example. The new Bronco has got great heritage. Kevin, we talked about that the other day. If you don't do programs like this, what are you going to relay on the future? You know, so although it may be small volume, um, it sets the culture, you know. Oh, and, yeah. It's the halos. And, and, and obviously to have, 35 of these things show up at a U.S. national event. Do you think there's a little culture going on here? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, uh, sir. So, so definitely. So I got a question for you. After driving one of these for so long, knowing, you know, the Copo brand as well as you do, what do you think is the next evolution of the Copo? Where does it go next? Uh, and how much faster does, does the next evolution become? 
Well, that's, that's all up to, to General Motors, who seems to figure this out every year. They've, they've done an awesome job. If you look at the, the, the history of the COPO program since 2012, um, just keeps getting better and better and more exciting every year. Um, I think it's pretty hard to top what we currently have. I mean, it's, it's really a culmination of all the lessons learned and and uh, the experiences that the drivers have given us back and, uh, and we've given as drivers. So uh, I say that, that, that what you got right now is pretty tough to get your, you know, there's not many of them built. So if you can get your hands on one awesome um, uh, and take advantage of it, uh, you never know what the future holds because I hear a lot of rumblings of, of uh, electric cars and other vehicles. So maybe there's a, something along those lines i don't i'm not sure well talk about more incentive <laughs> as a collector right to get one of these badass pieces of machinery uh you know before this rumored electrification wave you know comes crashing in on us and uh you know all those are gone right i got a a, a black wing because it was the most awesome cadillac ever built and 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 my fear is that it might be the only awesome in my opinion the most awesome Cadillac ever available. So yeah, how many, how many do they make of those? Just a couple hundred, right? Seven hundred. Seven hundred. Seven. My family car's wow. a CTSV, bro. I'm I'm all about those caddies. Uh. You 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 want to put a smile on your face? Just go for a ride. But here's the thing: is is a, a Ford, GM, Chevrolet performance to do the Copa program at the level they did for as long as they've been doing it. Uh, who does that? I mean. Uh, I, I can see some of my uh, competitors on the other side of the aisle that have been in and out, in and out. I would just wish one thing because we're going through these times, these changes is that my request to NHR would be drop the minimum vehicle builds to 30 a year and you'll have GM for, you know, the Mopar guys and maybe somebody, uh, some other manufacturer that might wants to hop in and do it because 50 units a year, uh, I think the business case gets, gets pretty tough. So my, my, my plea to NHRA is that, hey, guys, save your own future. Uh, you know, keep getting these things out there. And what's, guys, what's 30 cars? You know, if you can make it work. And guess what? If you sold 30, maybe the collectors will make it 50. Yeah, Man, yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. The foundation for Ford, GM, and Chrysler are, or FCA are, I don't know who they are now. They got a new name every six months, but uh, the foundation's there for them to continue on. So just yeah. do it. I tell you what, man, the more we talk, the more jealous I get of this man who is dripping in Copo, living the dream, right? Surrounding himself in the community of probably some pretty awesome, uh, you know, racers and, and some hella good times, man. So yeah, anybody out there that's interested, uh, where do we send them? You go to Chevrolet Performance or Copo Parts Direct. Right on, man. And how do people follow you socially or online or anything else on, on what you're doing? I know you got a lot of things going on in the background as well. I, I, I just fly below the radar screen. I, I try to live a humble life. I don't know. Yeah, right. He's driving a Copo. He's flying over the radar. <laughs> Seven-time record holder, and he had so many records. He got them twisted up as to what car got what record. I wish I had that problem. I don't have a single national record. Yeah, I lost count. 
I lost count. I think most of the racers, uh, Scott Libisher and David Barton, uh, myself, and a lot of guys on our team, plus Jim Berberica and many others, you can, you can see some posts through Couple Parts Direct. I know GM has on the block, they do updates on a regular basis. I think there's a, 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 a lot of pictures, too, that they have uh, a good history of pictures and, and even some video in there. I was going to say, there's a ton, ton of great stuff on YouTube for Copo. A really cool one to check out is the anniversary event of 2019 and 2020 that GM has on their uh, website, uh, that event. So check that one out. Bill Martins is the, uh, the host. Right. And that'll on, just man. give you a real 70 some Copos at one event. Well, man, we really appreciate getting all the inside scoop, man. My, my, my heart's kind of pumping here. I got, I'm just sitting at my desk. I got some adrenaline going, man. I need to get in something and go fast. I don't know about you, man. I text my local Chevy guy now in town and ask him if he could get a Copo Camaro. I'm like, Hey man, got an inside scoop, man. Can you guys get your hands on a Copo Camaro? Cause uh, that'd be something we need to talk about. <laughs> this is an interview. It feels like we just did the burnout. We're just getting started. Yeah, right? I know. That's <laughs> so we know it's good, man. <laughs> There's so much more you can cover. It, it's been a lot of fun. Well, we'll definitely have yeah, to get man. you back, man. So stay in touch. Stay in touch. Bring back some more great stories, some inside scoop. So uh, we'll have more Copo coming up in the future. Anytime. Thanks, Rich. We definitely appreciate it, man. Hey, don't forget about our show, Air Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes awesome now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Uh, thanks to our guest, Rich Rinky, my man, Kevin Bird. I will be a producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. And share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. The Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Mm, he's going to find out more. I just got a text back, man. Check it out. He's like, I can find out more. He's like, probably not. There's a lottery to win the allocation from Chevy. I can find out more for you. And I'm like, please do. Just tell him who you are. Just say, you're, you're, you're Willie B. And you know Rich Rinky. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Rich, can you get us a pull for me? There's no lottery anymore. Just like I said, go straight to Chevrolet Florence. Don't mention my name. It's going to put you at the bottom of the list, okay? Seriously, Bert, I just texted my guy and asked him, man. He's like, uh, I told him there wasn't a lottery. Like, seriously, if, I, if he can get his hands on one, I'll, uh, you know, I'll look at getting one of those. I'll just stuff it in the side of my garage and be like, collector's item. But then then what are you going to do, like Mr. Mopar with the Copo? I think it'd be great. I got a couple Chevys in the garage now. I don't mind Chevys, you know. I, you know, I don't mind going fast. So I got a couple Chevys. <laughs> Dude, a ride that badass, it tops whatever badge that you kind of wear as honor you know yeah man we were talking eight second quarter miles man and it doesn't matter what badge is in front of it you still hauling ass <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> all right guys well we are out of time man i had fun i hope you did too we'll catch you on the next two guys garage podcast two guys garage podcast is produced by britain productions for more episodes visit iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows